Craft Beer Radio, episode 161, on May 23rd, 2010. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we'll never be lost again. And here we have coffee beers. Oh, what a show. I love coffee beers. Right before we're going to see the finale of Lost, we're going to drink a lot of coffee and beer together. Perfect combination. It is. Uh, it'll keep me awake. It's been a long day of, of drinking. I was at the Homebrew Club earlier today and uh, had a good time there. And uh, let's start off with... Uh, it's been a long day of meth for me, so I'm going to be here you go. up for a long time. I saw a, um, an RV today when I was um, driving home, right? It looks mm-hmm. like the, uh, the meth RV from Breaking Bad. <laughs> should pull over and make a citizen's arrest. <laughs> so this first one is going to be our organic coffee beer. This is from Peak Organic. Brewed and bottled by Peak Organic Brewing Company, Portland, Maine. This is their Espresso Amber Ale. It has uh, Munich malt. Uh, and they use Coffee by Design's Organic Fair Trade Espresso. Seven percent alcohol by volume, twenty-two IBUs. So yeah, Peak Organic is a brewery uh, that, as far as I know, everything they do is organic. Do you have more information on Peak there, Greg? Uh, whenever possible, they look for organic, or local organic farmers uh, for their brewing, and they have pale ale and other beers. <laughs> being a little slow for me today i apologize that's okay take a sniff take a sniffy sniff of this beer Ooh, you know what that smells like it smells like those chocolate covered espresso beans it does it smells exactly like that you're right yeah it's not like like if you open a bag of fresh espresso that one that's a little darker a little more tannic but it definitely smells like if you took chocolate covered espresso and kind of like broke some apart so the espresso was exposed right then because <laughs> like if they're not if they're not exposed, then it's like mostly chocolatey on the aroma. I'm gonna hammer you on this one the entire show. I know I am, but I just have to. It's espresso. There's no X. I'm sorry. It's like when people say etc. I'm like, no. Etc. Greg, etc. <laughs> That's the only thing I say wrong coming from Pittsburgh. Okay, yeah, okay. no, it, I you know, I say things wrong to myself, so but I'm gonna take the opportunity to, to hammer Jeff. For the fun of it. That's okay. I haven't noticed you saying water wrong recently, so or at least funnily. Water in, in the sort of the Maryland accent. Yeah, 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 no. I've I've had 10, 11 years here in Pittsburgh to turn into the water. Yeah. Which is the way that people say it around here. But no, I mean, it's very much water. Or water. Water. In, you know, the Baltimorean accent. Right. So this smells really good. It really does, and you know it's interesting that they chose an amber ale for it because usually, I mean, the rest of these are pretty much stouts, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, co- I mean, when you think coffee beers, you think stouts and porters, right? And really, the first one that I can think of that I had that wasn't a stout or a porter was when we were out of Denver last year at the Sam Adams thing, and I believe it, yeah, it was one of the employees, right? His yeah, homeboy. it was this orange citrusy pale ale that he put coffee in or espresso in, right? I can't, I'm not sure which. It worked and great. It worked really well, and it was the first time it had, that I had considered you didn't have to have a black beard to put coffee in it. Mm-hmm. And the color on this one is uh, it's a it's a tea color. It's a cloudy tea color. It looks like a, a nice tea or a brown ale. Certainly, no denying there was espresso in that. 
would be hard to taste this blindly and say, <laughs> I don't know if there's any coffee in there. <laughs> there is a huge amount of, um, you know, very much like those chocolate covered mm-hmm. espresso beans. Again, because it's like you're crunching into them. It's, it's mm-hmm. the flavor you get when you're really, you know, jamming into them. Or I guess if you get like a double shot from Starbucks or you get one of those ones you can buy in the store, mm-hmm. which I prefer that over, say, the five-hour energy drink or whatever monster energy drink you're going to get. Right. If I'm going to buy some overpriced energy drink, I'd rather it be, you know, uh, coffee with lots of horrible sugar in it than whatever else they're going to put into it. Right. If you were blindfolded, you would have, you'd probably call this a stout reporter, though, wouldn't you? I mean, it just tastes so similar to what you expect. From I don't think I would or... ever say, oh, it's an amber ale with <laughs> coffee in it. Yeah. Right. Uh, and... There's you know a slight amount of hoppiness there. Uh, there's a little bit of hops towards the end, a little bit of a um, fruity kind of bit, sort of on the side of your tongue, right? But really, the, the espresso takes the if, center if stage. If anything, here. not being a porter or a stout kind of makes the coffee pop a little bit more, I think, because when the coffee wears off, it goes straight back into a bready maltiness instead of staying roasty toasty right mm-hmm. so it might make the coffee pop a little bit more yeah it doesn't have the chocolateiness mm-hmm. that you get in a stout and it definitely doesn't have uh some stouts or porters would tend to have maybe a little bit of astringency it doesn't have that although the astringency will de- mm-hmm. absolutely come from the espresso beans themselves so mm-hmm. they're going to be there but they're mostly in that espresso context the suggested food pairings on their websites Brunch items, barbecue, vanilla ice cream, and chocolate cake. You can definitely see this as a dessert beer. Mm-hmm. Barbecue, way too easy. Brunch items. Well, because it's coffee, don't you think dessert and brunch are, are too easy? And barbecue. Well, I'm wondering more... what they mean by brunch items. I mean, do they mean like a Belgian waffle, or do they mean like um, whitefish? <laughs> Salad I, I would say, I would say still the breakfasty type brunch items, right? So, you know, waffle, sure, um, some kind of egg casserole thing, right? I think they're going that way. I don't think they're going into the okay. So the the, the lecrefrist, right? So maybe if you want to expand a little more, you could say a frittata, for example. <laughs> sure, uh, yeah, and, quiche, you no know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, obviously, it would go really well with chocolate. I mean, they they the portrait here of the beer is with. Vanilla ice cream and a chocolate dumpling, and it just it looks fantastic. I mean, it makes me want to have those mm. right now with this beer mm-hmm. because there's no doubt in my mind they would go terrific. This is, you know, people are always talking about taking different beers, coffee beers, chocolate beers, porters, and make and like blending them with ice cream, like making chocolate beer ice cream out of uh-huh. it. This is really the first one where I think that would actually be feasible, right? Where it would turn into an interesting and good product, maybe. Because I could see this working itself into vanilla ice cream. Yeah, and I think that may be because it doesn't have the extra chocolate from the stout. I mean, that may be part of what's giving it that feature that since the espresso is really taking hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it might work really well. Now, what is this here? Is there a little, there a little gook there? Oh, that's... Interesting, yeah. There is some gook on the inside of the uh, bottle. It's like the bottle was laying on its side. So well, it could be some yeast that was just laying there. It's kind of running down. I, I'm wondering if it was from when it was shipped to us, right? Because this was sent to us by listener John from the DC Virginia area. I'm not sure exactly. I think he lives in DC. 
Okay. He's, he's down from that area. We'll probably run into him down in Saber, actually. So. Hope so. Thank you, John. Very impressive. He sent us most of the coffee beers we're having tonight. The the, uh, the next two that we're going to have, he sent us. And one of them will be supplied for me, and then the uh, the last one's going to be by our listener or friend, Mike, in San Diego. So I think we should switch that up a little bit, okay. because you're expecting so much out of it, you know, and why put it last? Oh, no, it wasn't so much that. I was just doing it as, uh, I don't know, the contributors. But I say we do it next. Okay, we will do it next. Mike's beer is up next. This is the Ballast Point Brewing Company. Super listener, Mike, we should say. Yeah. Uh, Victory at Sea. Vanilla Coffee Imperial Porter. Ballast Point, you may remember, their Big Eye IPA was the very first man candy beer. It was the oh, yeah. one was that it? we said man candy on. I don't remember that being the first, but I, I do remember the beer. I remember that one and the Sculpin, which is their um, Imperial IPA. They're both... They're both tasty, tasty beers. Ballast Point, big ups. I mean, Mike lives in a fantastic area for beer. Yeah. We can actually get a lot of Ballast Points in the area now. So so it's good for us. We don't have to rely on Mike to send us the Ballast Points. But it was actually more romantic when we couldn't get them because they were such a delicious brewery. <laughs> now, I don't have much information on this one, unfortunately. A 10% alcohol by volume. Is about all I got. Okay, so we got some marketing speak on the side here. Two of the world's oldest beverages joined forces to conquer your palate. Uh, they infused Imperial Porter with pure vanilla and specially selected hand-roasted coffee. In addition to cold-brewed coffee, to the beer lends a subtle roasted flavor, blending perfectly with the rich vanilla and caramel undertones. Now you see why I don't read marketing speak, everybody. Yeah. Doesn't tell you much about the beer. It tells you what to... Okay, ex- so the coffee is from uh, Cafe Calabrea. Okay. And... Uh, dun, 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 dun. The vanilla. It's a masterpiece, apparently. They tell you where the vanilla is from? Madagascar, maybe? It's not. Um, Ballast Point is in San Diego, California. United States. Earth. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying the Earth part. Yep. Milky Way local group. Exactly. <laughs> it took a little bit of time for some of the because there was a big head in here. Some of yeah. the CO two had to come out, but uh, now I'm starting to smell some of uh, really a, a lot of vanilla is coming out. Actually, I'm not getting the vanilla. I'm getting some some more coffee, but not as not as vibrant as it was in the last beer. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting some coffee. I'm waiting for the vanilla. I haven't gotten there yet. I'll have to wait till the flavor. Um, this beer pours. Very black, just the tiniest little bit of highlights in the very bottom of the glass, which is a uh, ruby red. Uh, nice, dense uh, head that looks like a, you know, like a mocha type foam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely smell the vanilla in there. I'm it's getting a little bit. I'm getting time. a little bit now. It's starting. To, it's starting to warm up on me and smell better. This beer hasn't been in the fridge too long. I was worried that it wouldn't be cold enough, but. I think that it needs to be pretty warm to. Yeah, I think that this is a beer that well, we haven't tasted it yet, but at ten percent, my guess is it's not a beer that mm-hmm. goes well very chilled. Ooh, hmm. there's some vanilla there. Whoa, there's a strong bit of vanilla there. Uh, a lot of 
really a, kind of a very fresh vanilla. And and the coffee comes through after the, the first sip was all vanilla. Yeah. And then when your taste buds get used to it, you haven't taken your second sip yet. When you take your second sip, you get a lot more coffee I'm, I'm just letting it evolve right now. And I can taste the coffee there. The vanilla is still extremely strong, but it's, just, it's such a fresh vanilla that it's not like mm. a... It's not a bad, strong vanilla. It's a very good, strong vanilla. It's... No, vanilla is just, frankly, it's a wonderful flavor. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a flavor that is ubiquitous in, in our culture, actually. Yeah. The uh, only other beer I can think of that's even similar to this is the Southern Tier Creme Brulee. You know, and, and that one is just so sweet. I think this one... I'll have to see as I grow, as I, as I drink more of it, whether the sweetness grows on me, but... I just remember the creme brulee as being so sweet. You really have to split it a bunch of ways with friends to really enjoy it because I like a pint of it is is too much. Creme yeah, brulee. this one's still pretty sweet, but I think that part of the sweetness is cutting the alcohol a bit. You know, mm-hmm. at ten percent, there's a lot of alcohol there, and I don't taste the alcohol really at all. Mm-hmm. So the sweetness is cutting through the alcohol a lot. It, the only thing I'm getting is maybe a little bit of an afterburn from the alcohol, um, just in in uh, in my breath, but I'm not tasting the alcohol itself. And that vanilla is so very strong. It's it's like a it's like yeah, it's like a vanilla pudding or something mm-hmm. almost. The um, the more I drink it, the more the coffee comes through. So it's definitely vanilla is the the guy. You know, he's leading the charge, and then the coffee is you know is bringing up the rear. But the coffee flavor is is really good on this one too. It, it it's completely. I'm not sure what I said that's so funny. Greg's snickering. Please enlighten me. Uh, you said coffee is bringing up the rear, and the only thing I think of is the quackery that is the coffee enema. Oh. <laughs> well, you know. I I apologize for getting everybody grossed out, but those do exist. Yeah, I'm going to want to drink more coffee beer now. Thanks, Greg. I, I want to go to contrast how the coffee compares to the Peak Organic, right? The Peak Organic was definitely espresso. Very clean, very espresso only and it popped mm-hmm. and this one is it's a darker roast in the flavor it, it's still pretty prominent but i wouldn't say it pops i wouldn't say it stands alone with the vanilla and also the uh, the porter yeah imperial porter they call it with the porter flavors it but it still has a very prominent note to it you, and there's a slight raising tone in the background there's you know a little bit of and not and i can't tell whether that's necessarily just the raisiny kind of a tendency of 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 the uh, porter itself and the and the malt using or just some, some hops because there there definitely is some kind of maybe cascading or continental hop in there. Okay, oh, I poured you a little bit more because I'm chasing an aroma that I'm, I want you to help me find. Okay, and it's not when I smell it, it's not when I drink it. It's kind of just like the. It's like I'm just sucking air in to get to the beer. You know, like I'm just swallowing, and I keep getting this orangey flavor this aroma this just olfactory sense of of something that you know is west coast hoppy or something and i'm just wondering if you think yeah i'm thinking up. that's like like i said i think that's what i'm detecting too which is sort of a cascady or continental mm-hmm. hop i only notice it with the like if you pick up your beer right now if you're drinking along with us and pay attention Let's hope you are because i've never noticed this you know i've never paid attention to this but just take a normal sip of your beer and right when the water the liquid is pouring into your mouth Notice how you're breathing in right then. You're kind of sucking the beer in. And that is what's causing this orange sensation. Well, this should not be a surprise to you, because you know as well as everybody that 
90% of taste is 80 or 90% of taste is actually in your nose is actually in your olfactory glands. Right. Right. So, I just never noticed how much air that I sucked in when I was taking a sip until just now. So next time you take a sip, notice how much air you're sucking in. I mean, I can definitely smell something sort of orangey as I tip the glass mm-hmm. and that's the only time I'm picking it up though. I don't give it. If well, if I think there's more surface area to the beer there. So you're giving him yeah. a lot more chance for the volatiles. To yeah, come if up. I stick my nose in the glass and smell, I don't smell the orange. You know, that's why I was just mentioning the certain situation where it was coming through. Okay. All right. So let's move on to, um, another, a beer from Virginia. This is the Williamsburg ale works. Williamsburg brewery is a beer, a brewery that, um, I like a lot right now. I mean, I've, we've had some good beers from them. I still got some beers from when I was down there last summer. I still got a couple of the reserve beers, but we most recently, two shows ago, did the Grand Illumination Barley Wine. It's fantastic. It was fantastic. And the guy I share my office with at work, his uncle lives down there in Williamsburg. And he was going to get us a case of Grand Illumination, me and my coworker, right? But it's like a hundred and. Twenty-five dollars for a twelve-pack. Wow. 12 so, like, uh, plus shipping. Yeah, maybe it was one hundred and twelve. But you know, because when he, when my coworkers first started talking about it, I'm like, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, have him get it. I'll, I'll definitely go for halvesies on that, you know. And then I realized, oh wait, he he's not going to drive it up here. We're going to have to mail it up here. He's going to have to pack it. This, that, the other thing. I'm like, oh, it's not worth it. <laughs> this is one of Aleworks seasonal arrows. This is their winter seasonal. The one part of the marketing speak that I will point out is they say this ain't no Folgers. I'll give them that. Uh, it's uh, cold Guatemala Antigua coffee with a little cream and sugar added. Oh, really? Interesting. It pours like a milk stout. It is midnight. It is black. Two row caramel and black malts, lactose, and American fugles. Look at that. That thing is... You find me a highlight there and I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> no, I'm just joking because there is the, the tiniest ring of... There's a black highlight. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much here. I'm looking for ABV and I don't see it. Let me take a look and see if Beer Advocate has something on this it. This one pours with a, a much reduced... 5.4. The other beers. I got a little more head than Greg does. He must have put some nose oil in the beer or something like that. That's a that's a callback from way back when. Yeah. Now, okay, so the first one smelled like espresso. The second one kind of had this vanilla-ish thing. This smells like black coffee. Mm-hmm. It smells how, you know, a lot of coffee beers smell, where it's, it's black coffee that's been sitting in the pot for half an hour, hour, right, where some of the volatiles have worn off, and it, it right. stale's not quite the right word. There's, there's a bit of, not the, the bitterness bright. is really coming through. Yeah, yeah, it's a little flat, right, where, yeah, it's not all the great volatiles of fresh coffee, it's a lot of the bitterness and aromas that come off it, yeah. Which is a flavor you normally get from a coffee beer, I think, the aroma. You yeah, and that's, and that's what you normally expect, like, like from your work coffee or something mm-hmm. like that, or even from, you know... From most times when you go to a Starbucks or a coffee shop, you're not really not always going to get the freshest coffee available. This one tastes kind of like a frappuccino or something, doesn't it? With all the, I mean, not with pure milk, but with all the lactose and the cream that they added, it has a very creamy mouthfeel. It does. It's an interesting take on the on the style, right? Without 
without giving it just, you know, pure coffee and then stout and malts, they add some lactose and they add some extra, you know, cream and sugar to it. So they give it that little boost that gives it something more than just coffee with a, with a stout, coffee and a beer. It's coffee and a beer plus some of the extra yeah, the, accoutrements. The, the beer itself, there, there's not much bitter, or the bitterness is hidden, right? The bitterness mm-hmm. is balanced by all the sweetness in the beer. The beer's not cloying. It's a very even balance, but it's certainly not tannic. It's not bitter. It, it, it It's an interesting balance, and that's what makes it taste so creamy and milky. It's actually really drinkable, too. It's got a very uh, inviting um, kind of, you know, it doesn't wear on you. Like the other ones, I mean, I don't want to say that they're bad, but they took their toll. They, they were a little bit harder to drink in terms of just, they, they, they were complex and they were, took mm-hmm. some time to figure out. This one is much more drinkable and much more, you could drink a couple of these, I think. At 5.4, it's not quite sessionable, but it's not mm-hmm. exactly over the line. It's not 10%. Yeah, it's hard to say because, it. yeah, I, I would say that this one... You called the other ones complex, and this one more, more, um, more sessionable, more, more just drinkable, right? Yeah. This one's a little harder to find the nuances to, right? Because they're not beating you in the face, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nuance beating you in the face. But this one is you got to look for what is interesting and good about it. Where the first two, the peak organic, we're set, shouting at you. This yeah. one says, "Hey, I have awesome espresso flavor." The the ballast point was like, hey, I have awesome vanilla and 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 other flavors. This one's like, hey, yo, I'm over here. I'm I'm pretty. I'm really good. I'm nice and balanced. But no one's. It's not screaming. So, and we don't want to. You know, both both um, expressions have their validity. Oh, I absolutely. Think. Yeah. I mean, I hope that I didn't play off that a coffee beer needs to scream at you. No beer needs to scream at you. Yeah, uh, you know, the drinkability is a huge factor in my judging, and this is a very drinkable beer. Little, little bit of um, it's a little hard for it to do this coffee style tasting, right? Because he's not going to have at the end of the night, he's not going to stand out like right. the other ones did. So right, no, that's there's true. a little disadvantage in that. But how many times are you going to be drinking? five different coffee beers not very an hour, often and the know? drinkability effect means that you can have you know i mean you could have one of the first two beers and that's pretty much it you could have a couple of these mm-hmm. and not be overwhelmed by it that's important absolutely he's just not tuned to 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 compete yeah in five coffee beers in an hour but that also i think gives it some extra utility as a as a beer that you can combine with food the other ones were, you know, sort of like the vanilla one. I don't know the, the ballast point. If you could do anything with it besides vanilla ice cream or something along those lines, the the espresso one. Obviously, we could see some some ballast avenues. point would be interesting. I mean, because you know, there's some weird things you can work vanilla into, isn't there? Like you, know, you put it in some like tie or something like that. Well, vanilla. You know, could, the thing is that that um, yeah, any um, uh, cannabinoid, which is the not cannabinoid. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've never heard of that word before. Cannabinoids so. are the um, are what's in marijuana. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm thinking of um, capsaicin. Capsaicin, which is the the hot right flavor, is a is a vanilloid. It's a type of it's a vanilla okay. offshoot. So those flavors go well together. 
Um, You're like I'm thinking, you know, that ballast point with that huge vanilla flavor would go well with something Thai, you know, or, or maybe some Indian or something like that, you know, where there's not not the spiciness per se, but you know, when you think of Thai, you think of coconut milk, you think of peanuts, mm-hmm. and, and I think it would work well with those general flavors. But the chilies, you'd be surprised at how well vanilla goes mm-hmm. well with chilies because I mean they're the same, right? They're the same chemical with some. Yeah, I, I just didn't want to sound like I was thinking like you know IPAs with Indian food, you know, because you know, I didn't want it to come across as cliche. Yeah, so I was yeah. trying to narrow it down a little bit more. Where yeah, this guy. Let's so Ballast Point. I'm thinking some Thai food with some peanuts in there, cashews, whatever. Yeah, nuts would go really well with this. Uh, something nutty something with those kind of flavors you could go this coffee house style I'm, you know again it's too easy to go breakfast but I'm, I'm thinking this would taste good with some pancakes this would taste good with some uh, I think some pasta with more of a tomato based sauce hmm, that's going to be rough the acidity from the tomato sauce is going to be real rough. Maybe. So maybe more of a white, maybe a garlicky. I'm just trying to think of... Yeah, I just did some chicken and white sauce. I don't think that's working either. Okay. Um, just throwing out... Yeah, yeah I'm trying to think. I, I'm not, I can't think of any good savory to go with this one. Well, there's got to be. There's got to be. There's something out there. Maybe, you know, the, the best thing I can think of is like a coffee-crusted salmon or something Crustacean, like that. crabs, lobster. Oh, the butteriness. Hmm. Oh, I um. Quick aside, sorry people for non beer talk, but uh, Greg was talking last year about soft shell crabs. So I was at McGinnis Sisters last week, and they had fresh soft live soft shell crabs in the in the cooler case. So I, I bought one, and I uh, only I made, one. Yeah, just one. I had the, I figured I wanted to eat them the next day, and with my lifestyle slash diet, right? Yeah, okay. You know, I can't eat you know three crabs, four crabs. So tell me, tell me what I did wrong here. I um, had him the next day for lunch. I I made up a quick uh, batter with um, cornmeal, flour, and beer, and battered them, and I pan fried them. Was was I supposed to do any kind of cleaning or gutting? Because he was kind of goopy and yucky. There's inside. a little bit of cleaning you need to do. There's a little bit. Yeah, of, you need to I, cut out the lungs and you need to, you know cut out the eyes and stuff like that. Okay, so he was. There was a couple things. He was goopy and yucky and yellow inside. That was kind of gross. And he was very hard to to, to bite off and chew. I mean, it was almost like his shell was too stiff or too hard. That's interesting because it shouldn't be like that. Now, I went to a place right by me that has um, fresh seafood right down the strip district. It's a great place for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had shelled crabs, and I got two. And they cleaned them for me. They Basically, they cut off the lungs and they cut the eyes off. Okay. The guy asked me if he wanted to clean it out for me. And I'm like, no, I'll handle it myself. Mm-hmm. And then I just fried the whole freaking thing up. And then when I, when I bit into it, I realized, oh, no. And what I did, actually, is I just covered them with, uh, you know, I, I coated them in oil. And I put a little uh, garlic powder on them. And I just broiled them. Oh, okay. And uh, they were fantastic. After they were broiled, I broiled them for about six minutes on each side. And then I poured lemon over them, and man, they were just fantastic. Yeah, I did it wrong. Mine wasn't very good. I mean, it's still different because I mean, you're you're eating the whole thing, so it, I, it's. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I knew I was supposed to eat the shell and everything, but it just seemed like it was, the shell was a little too stiff to to be biting into and eating. I don't know. It was weird. Well, that's too bad, unfortunately. But you know, maybe I'll, next I'll, time we'll try them again. Yeah, I'll get them clean next time. Yeah, yeah. I. You told me before, you know, you just 
fry them all up and eat them whole. I'm like, well, I don't need to clean them good. But yeah, it was kind of gross. All the goop inside the car. So I apologize for that, okay. for, for misleading you on that. Okay, so we're done with soft shell crab beer radio, and we're back to uh, coffee beer radio. Let's do... Um, Lagunitas. Let's do Lagunitas. All right. So Lagunitas, I was telling Jeff before the show that Lagunitas, I find a very interesting beer company because to me, they they remind me of Stone Brewing with all the bravado but none of the pretentiousness, or at least very little of the pretentiousness of Stone. And I say this with all due love in the world because Greg Cook is a great guy. It's and, hard to be pretentious when you're stoned all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is that Lagunitas, these guys are... are Basically, they're they're high all the time, and they make no bones about the fact that they're high all the time. So they they, they make these big beers, and they you know for instance one of their um, they say that uh, this give this beer gives you extra crunk, which is a term for basically being drunk and high at the same time. Uh, this is their cappuccino stout that we're drinking right now. I you know I love that their their bravado and their you know. They're, they're making all these like their uh, undercover investigation, which is this bitter monster beer. Well, the newest one is, um, but they Loco Tango Foxtrot, right? So mm-hmm. WTF right. is the name of the beer. But they don't do the the thing that Stone does, which is you you're not capable of drinking this beer. You know, you aren't worthy, etc. Cetera, so et cetera. so here is a uh, little. I'll let you read it because I stutter when I try to read it. But there's a bit of a biblical okay. slash coffee thing they got inside the label. <clears throat> yes, it is sort of biblical in, in the terms, isn't it? Coffee is my shepherd, I shall not doze. It maketh me to wake in green pastures. It leadeth me beyond the sleeping masses. It restoreth my brain. It leadeth me in the paths of consciousness for its name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of sleep, I will fear no artificial sweetener, for thou art with me. Thy cream and thy sugar, they comfort me. Thou preparest a carafe before me in the presence of my Z's. Thou anointest my day with sunlight. My cup runneth over. Surely richness and flavor shall follow me all these days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Cappuccino forever. Let us sip or whatever. What does Marcellus Wallace look like? <laughs> what? That's nice. Sort of biblical esque passage, and of course they did use a biblical line there, very famous biblical line, "My cup runneth over," which is you know one of the reasons why the Bible is a fantastic book. It has some fantastic literature in it. "My cup runneth over" is a great line. So the aroma on this one, my, I mean, granted we're four beers into a coffee beer marathon, right? So I'm not smelling a ton of coffee, but I am getting a really good. Barley roast on aroma on this. They say here plenty of dark malt and roast barley, and even loads of Sebastopol's hardcore coffee. So uh, the aroma, I, I kind of ran, went past it because I wasn't getting a ton of aroma. I took my first sip. It's a hoppy coffee beer. Mm. There's a lot of West Coast. It's very citrusy, and it's something you might not notice if you were drinking this first, or if it's your only coffee beer. That because our tongues are completely laden down with all the coffee flavors, right? You realize, hey, this is like coffee IPA stout or something. No, there's you, definitely this is a West Coast stout, you know, West Coast hoppy stout. Oh, I just got a really wild late aftertaste. Go ahead. I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I'll figure out what I'm tasting while you talk. A West Coast stout, which is generally very hoppy stout, with 
coffee included, and it's also which point at nine point two percent ABV, so it's high alcohol. It's close to a double stout, if not there. So this late aftertaste I got, I've kind of figured it out. It's this very malty, uh, sugary, bready thing. It, it, it's akin to cinnamon rolls or Belgian waffles. It's really late in the flavor, or the aftertaste. And you go one over on you and say bear claw. I'm thinking Belgian waffle still, but... Belgian waffle does work. It really does. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coffee like, here is because of the hops. The coffee, like like we said, since we've had so a couple of coffee beers, the coffee is slightly more subtle, slightly slightly subtle. It's still there. It's big time. The coffee is not playing second fiddle to the to the hops, and neither of the hops playing second fiddle to the coffee. They're sort of playing a tune together. This one is really hitting me good. Uh, I'm really enjoying the flavors in this, one, especially that really sweet malty. Late taste. I mean, it's it's so sweet. You think that they're, you know, when the other beers were described as having lactose and sugar and cream added. If you said one of these beers has these ingredients, and I had to taste the beers to figure out which one it was, I mean, aside from the vanilla one, I think I'd be picking this one over the one that actually had the lactose in it. I mean, it's just so sweet, and I'm really being engaged by the the citrusy hops, the floral hops, but also that. That bear claw, that Belgian sugar waffle. Loving it. It's, it's enticing. It's It definitely begs another sip while not being quite as drinkable as, uh, as the coffee house mm-hmm. stout. Partly because the fact that it's close to twice the alcohol. Mm-hmm. So... I hope I'm making all of you salivate right now because, I mean, I am just, I'm sitting here with the beer and I'm still salivating thinking about the next sip. This one is really hitting home for me. These have been some very good beers, haven't they? <laughs> they have. It's, a, it's been a hell of a show so far. This is a limited release from Lagunitas, so is it still available? It, it's limited, but I, I'm pretty sure they put it out every year. I've seen it for They years. say December, so... You probably you may not be able to find it anymore, but next year you'll be able to find they it. They do a lot. I've seen it in the summer at Three Suns and whatnot. I mean, it, it's not hard to find if you can get you know the the uh, the Here's whole some whole Lazanitas, uh, portfolio. Twenty nine point five IBUs, one point zero seven six is their original gravity. I like this. Um, I like it. So you notice we have not used the dump bucket at all today. No, we haven't. I was kind of, you know, I've driven, I've driven through, they're in Petaluma, California. They're in Petaluma, California. And I, I drove through to get to Russian River, and I didn't have the opportunity to stop that day. Plus, I also wasn't sure if there was going to be anybody there, because I think they might just be a brewery. I'm not sure if they have a open during the day tap room type thing, so I didn't stop. But I always, always think back saying, you know, I should have checked a little closer, because... <laughs> You know, I drove right through their town. Yeah, it's not a big town. Petaluma's, you know, I could have got there real quick. Where Leo Laporte is, right? Yeah, exactly. That's where Twit takes place. <laughs> so our final beer of the night is from a local beer here in Pennsylvania, Trogues Brewing Company. Trogues Java Head Stout. I got lots of nice information on this sucker. 7.5% ABV, 60 IBUs. 60. That's pretty high. Uh, SRM color, they just say black. 
<laughs> They're not going for anything besides black. It's a seasonal, and it's only available in 22-ounce bottles. It's malted with Pilsner, Crystal, Chocolate, and Roast Malts. Uh, Juju, it says, oats and blend of coffee beans. Hops are Cluster, Chinook, and Cascade, and it's unfiltered. Okay, so they say uh, Java Head South passes through a blend of coffee beans and whole hop flowers. So they put the coffee beans in their hop back. Mm-hmm. They put the coffee beans in their hop back. So and, when the brew kettle is done brewing, when they do like their hop back amber ale, they transfer it through before it gets to the chiller. It goes through a canister which has hops in it. And that adds more hop flavor to their hopback amber ale. Which, as they point out here, is sort of like using basically a huge French press. Right. So for this one, they put coffee beans and hops in their hopback. <laughs> and so the hot beer flows through the coffee beans in the hopback, goes and to the chiller, gets oxygenated, and goes off to the fermenter. We did say oats. There is oatmeal in the stout. Uh, it's based off their original oatmeal stout. So. Uh, oh, okay. Very cool. Coffee beans in the hot back. Guys are crazy. It's like putting coffee in a Randall, right? It's the same sort of concept. Uh, yeah, I mean, a hot back is is not quite as radical or new as a Randall. Randall, most people know what this is, but Randall is when you run your beer through the hops right before you pour it into a glass right. after the keg. Um, a hot back is the same kind of infuser, but between the brew kettle and the fermenter. Um, hot backs have been used a lot longer than Randalls have been, but yeah. Same kind of idea. Just a completely different stage of your sure. production. Big hoppy flavor mm-hmm. on this one. Aroma, you mean. Aroma, yes. The the flavor of your nose. <laughs> At 60 IBUs, I would expect nothing less. Second sniff, I, I get a little more roast, a little more coffee. I'm getting a little... Uh, it's not really coffee though. It's more of cinnamon. It's more um, sugary, like like a, a glaze type aroma, like you get off. It might be the oatmeal, kind of like. Mm, yeah, yeah, probably the oatmeal. What are cluster hops? They are a um, higher. I dare not say high alpha because of all the new, uber high alpha hops. Mm-hmm. But there are traditional high alpha hops. That would just be used for bittering or hop extract mm. and not necessarily used for flavor and aroma in the, uh, the good old days of brewing before they invented Tomahawk and Zeus and Warrior and Simcoe and, and Amarillo. So this is an interesting take because of the major hoppiness here. You're getting much more hops and you're getting really a lot of oat mm-hmm. and the coffee is kind of minimized compared to the other it, beers. I mean, granted, we've... Five beers into a coffee marathon, right? I'm not tasting coffee. I'm tasting oatmeal and hops. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I don't think it's the best of the run, though. I, I think that it perhaps flight may have mattered in this beer, and so I don't want to you know take too many points off of it. But the other beers came through with more chocolate. Mm-hmm. I mean, more chocolate, more coffee than. Than I'm getting here. This one is much more hops with there's coffee in the background. This is more of a, of a hop stout. Mm-hmm. 
with coffee, you know, there. No, I still like the beer, though, you know? I oh, mean, it's a good beer. I, I, I don't... I'd say it has a coffee beer. Oh, no, it right. right. I'm having a hard time figuring out where the coffee flavor is. My tongue is just not picking it up right now. But it is giving me different flavors that I'm able to enjoy on the fifth beer of the night. It is... It's tasting to me right now like one of the hoppiest oatmeal stouts I've ever had. You know, it, <laughs> no, it does it well. That's definitely true. And it I, does it well. In, in their pressing, they say here on, on their website uh, that because the hopback vessel um, is similar using a huge French press, it intensifies the coffee nose and releases subtle hints of coffee flavor. And I think that's really what mm. is getting at here, that the... The coffee flavor is there, but it's very subtle. It's not really the same kind of infusion that you get from the other beers that actually had coffee right in it. Yeah. This was coffee beans in, in a part of the process as opposed to being right. added to the brew itself. Yeah. I mean, if you're a home brewer, the way you want to add coffee to your beer is you brew coffee and you add it late into the boil process or maybe even in the uh, fermenter or secondary fermenter. Although right there is, it, it says, a blend of locally roasted espresso and Kenyan coffee beans. So I imagine they put espresso in it. Mm-hmm. It could be. I've had this beer before. I didn't find it particularly full of coffee flavor, even without, you know, a wrecked palate. Um, but I think the flight tonight allowed me to appreciate the other aspects of the beer more than I have in the past. Mm-hmm. So I'm enjoying the uh, the very citrus It's an flavor. enjoyable beer. It's got a lot going for it as a hoppy stout. I mean, it, it's a it's, it's a very West Coast kind of hoppy stout with a little bit of coffee in it, mm-hmm. right, from a, from a brewer here in Pennsylvania. So it's interesting. Right, right. I hesitate calling it... I don't know. It's, it's hard for me because I hesitate calling it a hoppy stout because I've had some, you know, awful flavors coming from hot coffee stouts. But for some reason, and I don't have any beers to tell you it's like because i can't think of any but the oatmeal plus the hops really give me this interesting this interesting um impression on the beer that that is worth it's unique to me and i'm really enjoying that maybe i'm only noticing this because it says it here but i think i can pick out that there's pilsner malt in here <sighs> i'm not it's going. right at the front at the front of the flavor, like the front of your tongue. That's such a hard thing to pick out in a hoppy, stouty, oatmeal-y coffee beer, right? Right. I would have to try the same beer made with pale malt versus Pilsner malt and try to detect the flavors. And I don't think I'd be able to do it. Mm. I think it's probably an impression from the website you're looking at, but... I won't. I, won't I, say, I am perfectly open to that. Option. I won't say either way until I've done it side by side. But there's so much flavor in this beer. I'm not sure I could pick the difference of pale versus pilsner malt as the base malt. Now is the time on Craft Beer Radio when we rank. I like saying it that way because it reminds me of the sprockets from Saturday Night Live. Now is the time on sprockets when we dance. <laughs> All right. So I'm not happy with my order, but I have an order because it's it's the rules. Mm-hmm. First rule of craft beer radio. Different from the laws of craft beer radio. Someday we'll find a loophole. Yes, we need to find a loophole. <laughs> Maybe we'll find out on Lost tonight. But anyway, I got two beers that were clearly the top two. And I have Hard Luck Loser City down at the bottom. I got three beers that I all liked very much. And I have them in an arbitrary order. And it just pains me to tell you what the order is. 
Okay. Favorite beer of the night was going to be the Lagunitas Cappuccino Stout. Interesting. Um, I was talking, you know, I told you guys already where that one was just really hitting me well. And I was appreciating all the uh, flavors besides the coffee in that one. You know, it was... It had some hoppy. It had the uh, cinnamon roll Belgian waffle thing going on, right? Mm-hmm. And that Belgian waffle thing, it hooked me. Uh, oh, it was just so luscious. Uh, beer number two is going to be the Peak Organic. That one had that espresso that just popped. It popped so hard that it was almost like I've never tasted coffee in a beer that tasted just like coffee. You know, <laughs> it, it just worked. It was so crystal clear that it popped. I loved it. And then Hard Luck Loser City. The next three beers are a virtual tie, but we're not allowed virtual ties. So I'm going to pick the Ballast Point third with all that crazy vanilla and, and everything going on. Uh, the Coffee House Stout fourth with the um, the lactose. And not it didn't pop in any single way, but it was it was superbly drinkable. And then the ultimate of Hard Luck Losers is going to be the Trogues Head Stout. I, I really liked how it was a hoppy oatmeal style, but we're doing coffee beers tonight. And fifth beer in a five-beer coffee style tasting, and you can't taste the coffee. Good beer, but but uh, it was 4.999999999999 in the ranking. Very interesting ranking here. My ranking is slightly different. I am going to, I think... Pull my drinkability uh, option and put the coffee house stout first because of its drinkability. From Williamsburg. Right. Uh, you know, I'm going to pull that card because I think this one was the one that was like, you could drink a couple of these and have a great time. You get the coffee, you get everything out of it, plus you could drink a couple of these. And you know, th- that's great for a beer to me. That's fantastic. My second one, I think. I'm going to have to go with the Ballast Point because I love the vanilla. I just loved that fresh vanilla flavor that was coming out of there. Ballast Point is always a beer that is always a brewery that has impressed me. Uh, again, I thank Mike endlessly for sending us these Ballast Point beers, even though we can get them now. Uh, that shouldn't stop you, Mike. <laughs> I, I love these, and I love this beer. This beer is fantastic. Really, really good. I love the vanilla. Um, I'm a big fan of vanilla anyway, so not not terribly surprising. I could go with the Peak Organic next. The espresso, that came through big time. That was, like we said, chocolate-covered espresso beans. <laughs> Again, utterly fantastic. Really, lots of great flavor there. Lots of really just awesome stuff to devour and to, to contemplate while you're drinking. As a coffee beer fan, and as a particular, you know, as a fan of coffee flavors, that the espresso was fantastic to me. I'll go with the Lagunitas next. Uh, I liked it a lot. I liked all these beers a lot, but I just think the Lagunitas was slightly better than the Trogues because, in the same way, like you said, the Trogues was sort of more of a hoppy stout with coffee in the background, and the Lagunitas had actual coffee stuff going on a little bit more, at least a little bit more pronounced than the Trogues did. Sounds good. That was a pretty good episode of Craft Beer Radio. 
I liked it. And uh, we will be back soon with our next episode with more listener-contributed beers. I was uh, getting the fridge pretty empty, right? And I was like, great, no more old, stale beers. We're good to go. We'll be able to... And then, like, this past month, I've just gotten box after box of beers. <laughs> the fridge is overflowing, so we're going to have to go on double time here and get some beers cranked through before wow, the baby comes. It, we have such a rough job. Yeah. Yep. Appreciate everyone who listens to the show, and uh, and the people who send beer are top-notch in my book. And uh, got a new beer from Michelob. Got a ginger wheat to try. That should be interesting. That's it. Let's go watch some Lost. Season well, let's do our first our pro show first. Oh, series finale. Yes. Exciting stuff. Post show. Tune in. If you if you care about Lost. And, and don't review our main show based on the post show. Yes, please. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. They never say what you can't hear